0: Hey family, it's Bishop Derek Greer And I invite you to fuel up, get fired up And have an awesome fellowship with me and the Grace Church family This Resurrection Sunday It will all happen at the gorgeous Hilton Performing Arts Center in Manassas, Virginia There will be room for all And a special treat for elementary school children in attendance For more information, go to gracechurchva.org That's gracechurchva.org And we will see you there created for
1: greatness, Hello, this is the Live Big Broadcast. Today we will hear a classic message from Bishop Greer. We believe this word will bless you, so let's get into this classic teaching.
0: Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day. It was three days since the most painful experience in these two people 's lives. The man who was crucified was, was a man that claimed to be Messiah, and he was beaten like a common criminal. All of his disciples had gone into hiding, afraid that perhaps the same thing might happen to them if the authorities found him. So these two are are running to their hideaway and they're going to a village called Emmaus, which literally means warm spring. It was a beautiful area and probably the home of one of these two disciples. The Bible says it was about seven miles from Jerusalem. They needed to get away from the events of those past three days to start putting their lives back together again. And as they walked toward home, I'm sure that their heart sank and they thought about facing their families and and their friends because the carpenter from Galilee that they had so vigorously defended and loved had been tried and declared a fraud publicly before the whole nation. And I'm sure there was a sense of shame, a sense of regret, and in their mind, they had lots of questions. How could this happen to such a good man? And in verse 14, it says, And they walked or they talked together. You know, you, you shouldn't miss the small consolations of, of scripture. Because though they were hurting, at least they had each other. And you know, you may not be able to talk to everybody. But thank God he gives everybody at least one person to talk to. Matter of fact, some scholars even say that this was a married couple. So this might have been a man and a woman walking on this journey. So it says, so they talked together of all these things which had happened. Things that they could not quite wrap their heads around. Things that they could not quite understand and it was a situation that broke each and both of their hearts so it was while they conversed and reasoned these men were dealing with or this man and this woman this couple were dealing with very very difficult and thorny issues again how could such a bad thing happen to such a good person and by the way, if God let that happen to him, what might he let happen in my life? So, I mean, they, they, they were having a tough time, and they, they were trying to make sense of all that had happened. And then the Bible says something that's really surprising to a lot of us. It says, and while they conversed and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near. Notice Jesus did not just draw near to those who believed. He drew near to believers who thought. And we have to learn to use our head for, for more than just a hat rack. So there's nothing wrong with trying to think through. Where you are in life and what just happened in life. And, and he didn't say at this point, you know what? I'm not concerned about your feelings. I, I, I'm not considering your thoughts. But he drew near to thinking people that were grappling with real life issues. And what I want to say to you today, if you're grappling with issues, God's not saying, well, you know what? You're contaminated with unbelief. You know what? I, I I'm not going to mess with somebody that uh, until you get it all straightened out, I'm going to leave you to yourself. Jesus drew near to people with questions. And the Bible continues, it says, and he went with them. He will not abandon you just because you have some questions. He will not abandon you just because there's some things you haven't quite ironed out in your thinking. In fact, to be honest with you, I don't trust people who think they know everything. In fact, they annoy me. But Scripture says, but their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. Grief has a way of muddling our perspective. These men were so shaken. They couldn't see God, though God was looking them dead in the face. And there are events in life that can happen that can so shake you. Amen. that you could barely imagine God, much less see him if he was standing there. And Jesus walks up in the midst. He knows everything that's happening. He's knowing what's, he knows what's going through each mind. And he speaks to them, and, and he says this. He says, what kind of conversation is this? And actually, in the language here, you can see there, there's a little bit of what's wrong with you in his tone. He's like, what's, what, what kind of conversation is this that you're having with one another as you walk and are so Sad. Jesus will walk with us in the midst of our difficult times But also know that a real friend will ask you hard questions Even when you're hurting it in the middle of it And, and jesus is a friend that's taking closer than the brother. And he don't play nice for anybody. God is god And he's not somebody's patsy And and in this situation, these are his disciples. These are his boys that he had trained So so he comes up on them And he's saying, you know, what's going on with you two today? What's your problem? What's your issue? Did y'all take ugly pills this morning? What's going on (laughs) was Jesus' attitude. But he's not doing this out of anger. What he's trying to do is snap them out of their grief. And sometimes a drowning person will drown you too if you let them. Sometimes you got to smack them. I've heard stories where they cold cocked a guy that was drowning just to bring him to shore. And sometimes God has to smack us in the middle of our grief so we can kind of snap out of it. But what happens here is one wise comment leads to another. So Jesus kind of gets involved and and, and he seems to kind of be smart-alecky about his question. So the disciples here respond in kind. Let's watch it. So then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, are you the only stranger in jerusalem basically you live under a rock somewhere mama raised you in a cave i mean what what is it that you don't know why we're sad everybody in jerusalem everybody surrounding jerusalem knows what just happened he said are you the only stranger around here have you not known the things which happened there in these days he's saying listen it's been on cnn all the radio stations have been interrupted I mean, Facebook, Twitter, you know, Instagram have photos of it. And, and you know, the, the Internet is blowing up. And you talk about why are we looking sad? But Jesus has the inside story. Watch what he said. Verse 19. Jesus, something else. He's like none other. He looked him in the face without laughing or smiling. And he said, what things? You see. When we get smart with God, God has a way of playing dumb. And he does that often to bait us into revealing our real feelings. He didn't want little pat response and pat answers from God. He wanted these guys to reveal their heart. So he got them a little annoyed, so they let their guard down and say what's really going on on the inside. So they now respond to him. And they respond to him properly. They say, well... What's got us so down in the face is these things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was. It wasn't going well for these boys. They just called the great I am, he who was. He said, for he was a prophet. So not only did they confine him to the past, now they downgraded him from Messiah to just prophet. He said, mighty indeed and word before God and all the people, meaning no one could deny his power. But have you ever experienced a disappointment so painful in life that it shrunk your theology? This was the situation for these These men. They're like, we have a problem so big, even God can't fix it. So I have to change my concept of God. I got to rearrange this thing to make it fit my problem. And that's what many of us do. We take God off his throne. And sometimes we put our situation on the throne. We enlarge the circumstance and the pain and we get stuck in the pain. That we miss the God that's bigger than any pain, any hurt, any disappointment, anything in your life that you could experience. God remains large. But again, they shrunk Jesus to just another good teacher, maybe even a prophet. But they couldn't admit at this juncture he was the son of God. Verse 21, watch this. And they're revealing their hearts. But we were hoping past tense, meaning they're not hoping anymore. We were hoping that it was he meaning I lost my hope in Jesus. How many of you ever lost your hope in Jesus? How many of you ever had something happen so terrible it didn't fit into your theology? It didn't fit in what you believe could happen to a righteous person. You didn't believe that after all your Bible going in and your God loving that such a thing could happen in your life. This is what happened to these two disciples. So Jesus had to join them on the road. He said, but we were hoping, we used to go to church. We used to believe we used to look into the book But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel We believed in God and I believed he could fix it, but he didn't it didn't look you know when when I look back on it God, uh, it makes no sense if if you are God. How could you let that happen to me? How could you break my heart so? How, How could you how could someone so good be beaten so hard. How could you let us watch something so gruesome? How could that happen if God is really God? They were troubled. They were perplexed. But Jesus is still standing there. He said, indeed, besides all of this today, it's the third day since these things happened. But didn't Jesus say over and over and over again, maybe even a dozen times, that he would die? And on the third day, you can't let the past blind you from your future. In fact, let's read one of those passages just so you know that I'm not just giving you my opinion Matthew 20 and verse 18. You can't say it clearer than Jesus told these these disciples. Behold, we're going to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be backstabbed and betrayed to the chief priests and the scribes. They will condemn him to what? Death. They're going to kill me. Can it be any straighter than that? And they're going to deliver me to the Gentiles or or to the Romans to mock, scourge and crucify. He predicted every event. He predicted the beating. He predicted the mocking when they put the the, the robe on him and said, if you're the son of God, you know, uh, tell us which one punched you in the face. That's exactly what was happening there. But his disciples wouldn't hear it. He's still talking. He said, all that's going to happen. But on the third day. You see, the problem is you let that event define you, but you put a period in the wrong place in the sentence. That event was supposed to be a comma, And if you live long enough, if you wait long enough after three days, no matter how bad things went wrong, God can get it back up again that's the gospel message this is why we're in church this is what we believe this is why we believe in jesus you hear what i'm saying he is the resurrection and the life he can get any area of your life back up again but you got to get through the three days you can't quit on your journey of right fact, in john 16 and verse 33 jesus says this is real plain See, a lot of folk think, well, I gave my life to Jesus and everything's supposed to be hunky-dory for the rest of my life. I'm never supposed to, you know, bump into everything. My marriage is supposed to drop out of heaven and my kids supposed to just sing hallelujah, you know, as they come home and, and Thanksgiving just supposed to be a perfect meal. No, 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 no. That's not in this book. Let me tell you what's in the book. In the world. How many of y'all are still in the world? All right in the world you will have tribulation If we want to say that in a modern way stuff happens but be of good cheer I have overcome the world meaning if you hang in there there will be a third day there will be a getting up again But you got to go through your Friday to get to Sunday. You got to go through midnight to get to morning. You got to go through the problem to to get to the place of promise. That's just what the Bible teaches. (laughs) Luke 24 and 22. Yes. And certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. You hear me say this almost every year. First, it was women who preached the resurrection. So who are we to try to stop them 2,000 years later? I'm preaching good. When they did not find his body, this is important. The tomb of Jesus is the only tomb in the world that's famous for what's not there. That helped me more in the second service, I'm sure. But that was shouting ground. When they did not find the body. They came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive like he done said he'd be. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb. And they found a stone rolled away. Some clothes neatly laying there, meaning that, you know, the body had to pass through the clothes. And if it was thieves, you know, they'd be in a rush. But everything was all neat and all the rest. And they found it just as the women said. Why is it the sisters, though, that always seem to know things before we do? (laughs) It hasn't changed. It just hasn't changed. Verse 25. (laughs) Then he said to him, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all that's important in all that the prophets have spoken. You see, the problem is they were only willing to believe parts of the scripture. They were only willing to believe the parts of what Jesus said they were comfortable with. Matter of fact, they like many of us in this room today. I'm okay with the Bible as long as it doesn't challenge my lifestyle. I'm okay with the Bible as long as they don't ask me to give anything or give up anything. I'm okay with all that church stuff, but don't you dare put a demand on me. Don't you dare talk about they're going to be trouble for a moment and I got to wait till morning. No, no, no. I want Santa Claus. I, I want a genie in a bottle. I want someone I can call on me, you know, uh, right on the spot and, and give me what I need and what I want when, when I want it. That's what that type of God I'm looking for. But here's the deal. The problem is if God succumbed to your every whim, you would be God. So the reality is many of us don't really want a God. We want to be Lord of our own lives. So here we have these disciples, these disciples picking and choosing what they're going to believe. So I, I, I really like the part, you know, give it it shall be given. good measure. I, I got that one. But, but this thing that, you know what, you're going to die and, and I might die. Take up your cross. Nah, 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 I'll leave that. I'm, I'm not going to preach on that. I'm not going to read that part. I'm going to skip over to the part that when I die, I'll go to heaven. I'm going to, I'm going to skip to the part that, you know what, uh, uh all the, uh, the, uh Noah's family was saved. You know what? So all my family's going to be saved, but, but, but uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just look at, I'm a, I'm. am Matter of fact, I'm not even gonna look at the Bible. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna buy a promise. A promise book. Yeah, I'm preaching better than you saying amen right now. And, and what what they do? I'm gonna have an author that put together all the best scriptures. I'm gonna read them to myself, quote them out loud, and all the rest. And then I'm gonna find a church. Those are the only scriptures they preach from. But this is what Jesus has to say to you. Ought not. I mean, this, this didn't happen out of the air somewhere. It wasn't that I got jumped while I was in Jerusalem and it just kind of happened. I mean, didn't Isaiah talk about this? Didn't the Psalmist talk about this? Wasn't it prophesied, you know, Zechariah? Wasn't it prophesied throughout the whole Old Testament? Ought not the Christ... To have suffered these things, you guys have cut out parts of the whole Bible, whole books. In fact, y'all ignored the whole meaning of the sacrificial system just to suit your purposes. Tell me, guys, and I know you don't like this and this don't, might not fit in with your theology, but, but tell me, why did Father Abraham go up Mount Moriah and, and he did it to sacrifice his son Isaac? But then he brought Isaac back down from the mountain. Does that not represent the Father God representing the, the Jesus Christ being sacrificed on the cross? And by the way, didn't Isaac carry his wood like I carried that cross up that mountain? And then when he was on that mountain, was there not a ram in the bush? Am I not the ram of God taking the sin of the world? Am I not your substitute? He said, now in your Bible that you know so well. Now wasn't Joseph rejected by his own brothers? Didn't they tell daddy Jacob that he was dead? And then he went into slavery and then from slavery into prison. And then after he got out of prison, he became number two. And then the brothers bowed. Didn't I say that rejection precedes exaltation? Is this some foreign idea that I concocted? Was not Jonah three days and three nights in the belly of a fish? was not the son of man three days and three nights in the belly of the earth he said i could go on and on and on and on but if i said one more didn't innocent job suffer no fault of his own but by the end of the book didn't he get twice back everything stolen Yeah, they took my mortal life, but God raised me up in immortal life.
1: Thank you for joining us today. Tune in again next time as we continue this classic teaching with Bishop Greer. We pray that God's word has equipped you to think big, do big, and live big in a way that your life overflows and blesses those around you. If you want to learn more about becoming a Christian or you feel that you need to rededicate your life to Christ, we want to walk you through the steps to do so. Go to gracechurchva.org slash salvation to find out more and watch videos from Bishop Greer that will guide you into your life in Christ. Again, that's gracechurchva.org slash salvation. We invite you to worship with us online each Sunday on our YouTube channel at Grace Church TV. While you're there, remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get all of our latest content. That's our time for today. Until next time, remember... You have what it takes in Christ to live big.
0: Hey, family, it's Bishop Derek Greer, and I invite you to fuel up, get fired up, and have an awesome fellowship with me and the Grace Church family this Resurrection Sunday. It will all happen at the gorgeous hilton performing arts center in manassas virginia there'll be room for all and a special treat for elementary school children in attendance for more information go to gracechurchva.org resurrection that's gracechurchva.org resurrection and we will see you there